Psalm 51, for sake of time, is it okay if I just jump into the message? Is that okay? I'm just going to jump right in the text. Psalm 51. I'm going to read some verses and then I'll explain where we're going today. Psalm 51, verse 10. This is a prayer of David. And David is writing this in the aftermath of a mistake, of a failure. By show of hands before we read, anybody here like myself, you've ever made at least one mistake or had a failure? Let me see your hand today. Okay, so you're in good company. We all can relate with this prayer. Just read along as you, as you find it on the screen or on your cell phone or if you're really holding your Bible. Okay, Psalm 51 verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners shall be converted to you. Verse 14, deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall flow, shall your praise. <laughs> Don't you worry about me. <laughs> Verse 16, for you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Man, what a beautiful portion. Seven verses right there of just crying out to God. God, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Don't, don't take away the Holy Spirit. God, don't turn your back on me. God, I really need you in my life. I don't know if you've ever felt these kind of feelings before where you actually need God. You're actually desperate for God to come and aid you and forgive you and help you. And you can hear the desperation in David's voice. David's saying, God, I'm not playing church. I'm not trying to be cute or fancy. I'm in actual need of God's help. Anybody ever been there before? We need God. That's David's prayer. And um, I want to preach a message this morning. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title. It's called Giving Up and Giving In. Giving Up and giving in. And I'll explain what that means here in just a minute. But before we go any further, let's pray over the word and let's believe that God will speak to us today. Hey, if you're a Panther fan, we're going to pray for you right now. If you're a Bronco fan, we're going to pray for you right now. But if you're an LA Rams fan, we're going to pray a little bit louder. Okay. So come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for your word. Thank you for these moments and in this setting where we can gather together and be strengthened and be encouraged. God, we're asking on a morning like today, open up our eyes so we can see. Jesus. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do in this setting. We are thanking you that you are good and you are gracious and you are kind and you are loving and we acknowledge those things today. God bless every Bronco fan. Bless every Panther fan. But God, we declare in 2016, faith forward future. God, for the LA Rams and the LA Lakers. And God, we just declare that both teams, you're going to let your, your face shine upon them in Jesus name. And everybody said, Amen. we're going to need more faith in that church. And everybody said, Amen. come on one more time. Let's put our hands together for the LA Rams and the LA Lakers. Come on. Let's get a little bit of faith, faith for our future right there. 
I, I, I don't know if you like, this is just kind of like, you know, you often do this, like you just, you just kind of quick to do this. Like, I don't know if you're like one of those resilient types that's just like, I'm going to go no matter what. I'm more of a quitter and I give in to things than most people. Like Julia's like the ones just like, we're going to do it. We're going to keep working out. We're going to keep on the thing. We're going to keep juicing and cleansing and dieting and fasting. And she's probably still on the fast. But you know, I like, I want to quit the fast every day. All 21 days, I thought this is the day I quit. Anybody else? I just, I, I, I want to get, I, I, I give in to my emotions and explode. I get, I give in to my thought. I just, you know, you just give in to things. Like I'm emotional. I'm, 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 I'm not that stable of a human. Just, you know, Julia's just like, this is it. I'm just, I'm not going to give in. I'm, but, and I can give up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like quitters. Where, where are the admittedly so quitters in the house? Just if you quit on things, like I quit on projects. I quit on people. Just kidding. Um, I, like, is he going to quit on Zoe? Let's find out. Um, but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come on, stop. But, um, but, but I quit. You just, sometimes you give up and you, and you give in. You're just like, oh, fine. I just, I'm overwhelmed. I just, I can't do it. I just, I'm just going to give up and I'm going to give in. This happened to me last night. You know, um, most of the males, probably every male in the house today understands the importance of a relationship between a man and his television. We take TV seriously, people. So it's the Super Bowl. I have been begging Julia since we moved to LA that we could replace this one television in our home. I've been begging her. It's a bad picture. The sound recently just kind of went weird on it. So I finally said, babe, it's the Super Bowl. I want to watch on a good TV. And this is, the, this is not the primary TV. It's another TV. So she really hasn't been a fan of us spending extra money on this other an unnecessary television. But it's the Super Bowl. We need as many TVs as we can get. Somebody say amen. So, so so finally I convinced her. She said, okay, you could do it. So now I got a busy day going on, but I, 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 I got my son. We went to Best Buy yesterday and I went shopping for a television. I found the television after sending multiple photos to my wife to get permission because every man of God in here knows we only do what we're told. And so I got the green light from my wife. She said, yes, I loaded it up. I lost my son twice in Best Buy. Close your ears. And, um, but, but we found him later. He was fine. He was with strange people, but he's okay today. He's getting prayed for in church. But, um, but, but I got my son, we get back to the house. Now I'm not a tools guy. As you can tell, I don't do tools. Tools are not, not a tool guy. So I recruited a tool guy. So a tool guy comes over to the house. He's a very good guy. Comes to the house. We're going to put up a TV. We take the other TV down. Well, when I say we, uh, everything's he. So he takes the other TV down and, um, and, and, and we're down. We're starting to put the other TV up. Now when the other TV's got to go up, you cannot do the TV project without a trip to Home Depot. Somebody say amen. So he runs to Home Depot. Again, we's he. So he runs to Home Depot, gets, some, gets everything we need. When we put the new TV up, it did not fit in the area whatsoever. It, and it just, it was all bad. We tried to jerry-rig the thing. We tried twine. That's how, that's how desperate we got. It, it, it just, we tried to hang the thing. It's just too big. It's too bad. Now, no TV to a man is ever too big, okay? Let's just get that straight. So to me, it looked beautiful. To Julia, she's like, this is awful. It will never work. It's too big. I'm like, there's no such thing as too big of a TV. So anyways, the picture was all bad. The, the, there was no upgrade. There was no 
no improvement after hours. I think I spent four to five hours of my Saturday yesterday dedicated to a television, which at the end of the story, you will know, got brought back down, put back in the box, and the old TV is now sitting where it used to be. So it is major defeat. But you do you realize how much strategization that I put into this thing so that I could try and make it work? There was no way that I was just going to be like, yeah, fine, no problem. I'll just, we'll just, we'll call it good. Like we were trying every which way. We were trying to convince Julia. I was trying to convince myself when it looked awful. I mean, we did everything before we finally caved in and we gave up and we gave in. I want to talk this morning about having a relationship with God. And when you find yourself saying yes and agreeing or responding to a relationship with God, it's basically you finding yourself at a place where you're going to give up and you're going to give in to God's relentless pursuit of your life. Now, when it comes to God, please know this. God desires a relationship with us. So his motive, his intention for a relationship is desire. All throughout the Old Testament, if you read the Bible, since the very beginning, God has always just wanted to be a good God, a good father, bless his kids, have a whole bunch of kids that love him. This has been the gen- from the genesis of the Bible. All God has ever wanted is relationship with man. So God starts relationship with desire. But you know, man, man responds to God out of need. It's not that we ever say that we're going to desire God in the beginning. It's saying, I need God for salvation. I need God for healing. I need God to give me comfort. I need God for provision. Anybody thankful today that even though you start with needing God, that my God shall supply all all of your needs. Anybody thankful today that he always comes through? And even though he started with desire, come on church, a little bit louder at 10 a.m. Anybody thankful that he comes through to meet our need? God wants relationship. All the way back to the book of Genesis, God asked a question, Adam, where are you? And still today, God is asking the same question. Where are you? Where can I find you? Can I be in relationship with you? I want to spend time together. I want to commune together. I don't care if you go to a building on a certain day. I want to talk with you. I want to carry you. I want to love you and pour out my affection and adoration. I've got things to whisper in your ear. I want to have a living, vibrant, dynamic, happening relationship with humanity. And you are top on my list. And you are the thing that I desire. You are the apple of my eye. I know how many hairs are on your head. I know when you stand up, sit down, go out, come in more than the sands of the seas. So are the thoughts of the Lord towards you. Anybody thankful today that God desires to be in relationship with you? Come on, if you believe it today, come on, a little bit of a Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos, Seattle Seahawks. Come on, LA Rams clap this morning. God desires relationship above everything. In fact, write this down. Number one, since the beginning, From the very beginning, this is God's desire, relationship. All he has ever wanted is relationship with man. If you go throughout the Old Testament and you journey through through the Old Testament, all God has ever done is wanted to be friends. And so you see it in the book of Genesis and then Adam and Eve, they sin and there's a gap now. And then God sets up a structure. And you know, there are a few times There are a few awesome, incredible, like superhero humans in the Bible. You know, like Enoch. The Bible says that Enoch, he walked with God and then he was no more. 
In other words, God saw a relationship with Enoch so good that God was just like, this is it. This is what I want. Boom, bring him up. Let's go, elevator. Just take him up to heaven right now. Because there was a few people, but the majority of people, they always fell for other gods. They always went astray in their heart. They always turned their back on God. They always found another way to find their fix or find their fulfillment. And they broke relationship with God and they turned their back on God. But you gotta know from the Genesis, from the beginning, God didn't create the, the heavens and the earth just so they, they could exist. God didn't create the sun and the moon and stars so they could just hang out. No, God created all of creation and he created man in his image so that he can be in relationship and he can enjoy this whole creation with man. God's greatest desire is humans. God's greatest passion is people. God loves people so much. This is all that he has ever wanted from the very beginning is a relationship with you and I. How, uh, you know, many of you know the story of my mom. My mom is an incredible lady and she's a five uh, foot nothing, you know, Hispanic, just awesome Mexican woman. And, um, my mom, she, maybe she's 5'4", and she's, she's just, you know, she's the sweetest lady in the whole world. And my mom is the type of mom, maybe your mom's like this, my mom is relentless to call me. Anybody have a mom like this? My mom calls me, she texts me, she FaceTimes me, she comments on every Facebook post. I mean, anybody got that kind of mom? Like, somebody asked me yesterday, I don't know who it was, they asked me, did you, um, growing up, did you pack a lunch or did you buy a lunch? I said, oh, my mom packed me a lunch every single day. And not only she did she pack me lunch? You know, she wrote me a note every single day. Anybody have that kind of mom? My mom write me a beautiful note. Mijo, I love you. Now, this was my mom. I had this beautiful, wonderful mom. Whenever I get with my mom, my mom is so affectionate. You know, she wants to hold my hand. She wants to bring me in close. She wants, if my mom will ask me, do you want a foot rub? I'm like, I wish I married a woman that would ask me that. But I'm kidding, kidding. But, um, but, <laughs> close yours. But, um, my mom, she just, and my mom will always bring up the same story. Like, you, you mom ever bring up your childhood story? Like, my mom will always, you know, she'll look at me, we'll have a meal or something, and she'll, she'll bring up that same old story. She'll say, you know, sweetie, when you were first born, I brought you up to my face, and I looked at you, and I said, we're going to be friends. <laughs> She's like, I've always believed that we would be the best of friends. And she just smiles, and I'm like, Yup. You know, that's God. God is the God that says, all I want, all from the beginning of time is I've wanted to be your best friend. I've wanted to be in relationship with you. I've wanted, I have so desired that you would acknowledge me. I have so desired that I can spend time with you. I have so, above attendance, above your, your, your reading plan, above your ties and the email, above all this, I just want you. You are my affection. You are my desire. All, for, I'll go back to time and from the beginning, I set this thing up that I would be the father and you would be the son. I would be the father and you would be in relationship. Come on, anybody thankful today that relationship is not our idea, but come on, anybody thankful today that relationship is God's idea. But you know what? Because of, of sin, 
And because of the sin structure and because of the whole thing that everything was set up for this ways for, for so many years is that man could not have right relationship with God. Man was almost blocked from God. Man couldn't get to God with all these sacrifices and all these rules. And even God himself saw this is an impossible situation. Just as I was looking at this TV last night going, this is an impossible situation. God looked at you and I and he said, this is an impossible situation. The only way that I can bring my people into relationship is if I send my one and my only son to die for the sins of the world and in his sacrifice, in his blood, in his life, I can make a way to me. I can make a right relationship. Anybody thankful today that God made a way where there seemed to be no way and made it so that we can be in right relationship so that he, he could fulfill his desire before we had a desire. He could fulfill his, 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 his thirst. I was going to say quench thirst, but whatever. He, so that he could fill his desire. It's Super Bowl Sunday, guys, just please, just whatever. But he could fulfill his desire through his son. In fact, write this down. Number two, this ought to encourage you that Jesus is the one that gave us the access. Jesus makes it all possible. Without him, there is no access. Jesus made a way where there seemed to be no way. He made us have access to the father. He made it so that we could have access to God, so that we can have relationship with the father. Without the blood of Jesus and without the Holy Spirit, there is no relationship with God. But because Jesus gave his life and laid down his life on the cross and because he went to the grave and he died there for three days and he rose again, because of Jesus, we have access to God. Watch what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and watch what it says, how we actually become righteous. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For our sake, not for God's sake, for our sake, God made him to be sin even though Jesus knew no sin. So that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. That in Jesus, we have become righteous. Now, let me explain this church. When we became righteous and we put on his righteousness. Now, here I am. I'm standing in my unrighteousness and I've got all kinds of chains and baggage and I've got all kinds of things in my life and I've got shame and I've got guilt and I've got condemnation. I've got all these things on me. When I say yes to Jesus and I say yes to the sacrifice, I take off my clothes of unrighteousness and all of my issues and shame and I exchange my unrighteousness and now that I'm in relationship I receive a garment of praise and I receive his righteousness and and it's it's a little bit baggy on me because I, I don't quite know what to do with my righteousness yet but but the Bible says that in Jesus when I'm in Jesus I have now received his righteousness as my own so I'm not standing in front of God hoping that I could be righteous maybe wondering if I can stand in front of God no the Bible says because we have such a great high priest we come boldly before the throne of grace and we can stand in front of Jesus because he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become come on church the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus Jesus made it possible Jesus made a way I would have no relationship with God if it weren't for Jesus. I would have no access to the Father if it weren't. You ever have a friend and without this friend you wouldn't have anybody like that would open doors for you? You ever have a friend, you can't do any favors for them because they do all the favors for you and they always got their card out, you know, they're going to pay for everything. You know, they always, you know, they always make a way, they always introduce you to more people. You know, that's G Jesus gives you access you can't get on your own. 
I heard a story recently of a, a famous guy in the NBA and he was in Los Angeles, you know, playing, you know, the, the, the devil's team or the Lakers. I don't know which one. And, um, yep. And, um, and, and he was in town and he wanted to get into this, you know, this, this private restaurant thing. And they, I heard a report that they denied him access. Here he is, you know, he's a famous guy. He's kind of, you know, really well known and he couldn't get access in. But I guarantee if he had a relationship, if he knew somebody, he could have gotten in. But because he didn't know anybody, he was denied at the door and they sent him away. Aren't you thankful that when you and I come to God, we are not denied at the door, but because of Jesus, we have access to the throne room. Come on, anybody thankful that Jesus made a way where there seemed to be no way. Jesus gave us access to the Father. Watch this next verse. Watch what Jesus did. Watch what Ephesians says in Ephesians chapter two. Oh, I love this one. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Watch this next verse. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has, oh, I love this part. And he has, watch this please, broken down the middle wall of separation. Jesus came in and he said, there used to be no access for you, a wall of separation. You used to have to stay outside and try and text somebody. Can I get in with God? Am I okay to come into church? Am I all right? I'm a sinner. I've got issues in my life. I'm messed up. Jesus comes in and he breaks down the wall of separation. And he says, you have access to the father and you can stand before God. And his desire has always been this, but he needed a son and he needed a savior and he needed a sacrifice that would appease the wrath of God and God's wrath has been turned away and now his face has been turned towards us. Anybody thankful this morning on Super Bowl Sunday? Come on, that we can give up and we can give into a relationship with God. Come on, you ought to get a little bit louder and thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. We're not thanking God just for God. But God loved us so much that the Bible says in John chapter three, verse 16, that he loved us so much, he gave his one and only son. That Jesus broke down the wall of separation and gave us access to the father. And you know what I think is tragic? I think here's what's really a problem. Could you imagine you're standing outside and you're texting, wondering if you can get in when there is no wall of separation and you do have access? There ain't nothing worse than someone that has access that doesn't use access. There ain't nothing worse than someone that has access that treats their own self like they have no access. You stop letting your sin run rampant and tell you where to go. You stop letting the enemy whisper things into your ear. You stop treating yourself as though you don't deserve access. Come on, it's for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of your own. This is the gift of God. Anybody thankful today that you're in right standing and you are the righteousness of God? Don't make me preach this morning. I ain't got no glasses on today. You know, write down number three. This always bothers me. Don't let the enemy don't let the elements of the enemy keep you away from a relationship with God. Don't let the elements of the enemy keep you away from a relationship with God. You know, we have too many people in life. They let the elements of the enemy. What does the enemy use? What are the elements of the enemy? Shame, condemnation, discouragement. And the enemy will tell you, you don't deserve to go in there. You don't deserve to talk to that God. Do you know what you did last night? Do you realize what you said this week? Do you know how awful you are? I am thankful that I don't have to live to try and uh, approve myself to God, but I am living by the grace of God. 
And so, you know what the enemy does? The enemy wants to shame you. He wants to tell you how awful you are. He wants to whisper those things in your ear and discourage you from a relationship with God. So watch what the enemy does. You have access. You have a relationship. God desires you. You need God. But watch what the enemy does. He kind of courts you aside like, hey, 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 you're not good enough. That's for church people. That, 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 that's for good people. You don't even own a Bible. You didn't even tithe last year. You didn't even give no money. You are awful. You, you, you think bad thoughts. You say bad things. You listen to the wrong. You, come on, come on over. You, and, and the enemy tries to keep you away from a relationship with God. I remember when I was growing up as a kid and, and you know, when in middle school, when rap music got really big, I grew up on an island. I mean an island. When I say an island, I mean an island. I lived on an island. When I say island, I mean island. And I just, I lived on an island. And when I grew up, it was on an island. And it just, we were so far away from civilization. We didn't have, we didn't have internet. We didn't have water. We didn't, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But we were on an island, on an island but we had cable TV. So I used to watch Yo! MTV raps, you know, and I, and, and I remember, you know, we're on an island, but, but we're in, in the middle of nowhere. There's cows down the street, but I would go to school in middle school with my starter jacket on and my crisscross overalls. And I'd be walking through my middle school halls like, what's good? <laughs> Sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, on an island, all day, every day. Anyways, <laughs> it's Super Bowl Sunday. We just have fun. No glasses. Anyways, and I remember my dad. He got so upset. But it was sometime in middle school, and we were, we were we, I'll never forget. We were in the Kingdom at a baseball game. My dad pulled me aside. Wanted to have a serious talk. My dad never, didn't really have that many serious talks with me, but he wanted to have a serious talk. So he pulls me aside and he says, "Son." He's very concerned because I was sagging my pants. <laughs> he dressed my, my sagging my pants. And, and I'll never forget all my friends. He starts naming all my friends. He said, you know what? He said, I'm, I do not want you hanging around those hoodlums. And now these are my friends. And he's calling them hoodlums. I've never heard a term before like that, hoodlums. I said, what does that even mean? Does he mean gangsters? Because they are gangsters, but they are not hoodlums. What does hoodlum mean? If I had Google, I would have Googled it right then. But we were on an island, no civilization. <laughs> that is funny. I remember my parents would always ask me, who's going? Where are you going to go? And they would pull me away from these relationships. They didn't want me to hang out with those people because they thought they were a bad influence. Do you realize what the enemy does to your world sometimes? He knows that this is where you get peace. He knows this is where you get forgiveness. He knows this is what fulfills your soul. This is the last thing that the devil wants for you. So he pulls you away and shames you and brings guilt and condemnation. But the Bible says in Romans chapter eight, verse one, it says there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Come on, anybody thankful today that the enemy tries to take you away, but God always tries to bring you back. Come on, give them some praise today if you're grateful for the grace that always brings you back close, always brings you back to the house, always brings you back to the house of God. 
Don't let the, the elements of the enemy pull and lure you and convince you and deceive you that you're not good enough to stand here. None of us are good enough to stand here. None of us deserve grace. None of us deserve the blessing of God. Favor is not fair, but when you got Christ and you got the blood of Jesus and you're in relationship, come on, you got all the access to the Father and you don't have to be afraid and you don't have to be ashamed and you don't have to look down at the floor because I've been saved by the blood of the Lamb. Somebody ought to give him some praise this morning if you're grateful for Jesus and all that he's done. Stop letting the enemy pull you away when you got access to the Father. God desires relationship, but let me encourage you today, you need relationship. And here's the last one, number four. And I hope every person in here understands the importance of this, that you gotta, you gotta place God above everything else. You just put God first. You say, I've got a lot of relationships. Man, I, and, and worship team, you can come back right now. I got a lot of relationships in my world. I got a lot of friends. I got a lot of family members. I'm half Mexican. We got a whole bunch of family members. I got, I got a lot of people in my world. I've got three kids. I've got a beautiful wife. But I'll tell you, there is not one relationship that comes in front of my relationship with God. My relationship with God is the first. It goes God and then Julia right there. And it's just, it's just that, the, the, the almost one and the same sometimes. In fact, when God speaks to me, he speaks through her, but that's a whole nother message next Sunday. But but I feel like so many people say, yeah, I love God. And God is like so good that I have placed him number eight in my life. That's not the desire of God. God is not only desiring to be in your world. He doesn't just want a relationship with you. But God is so jealous for your attention. He is so after your affection and adoration. That all the way back to the Old Testament Exodus, he says, I'm God, nobody in front of me. Watch this, Exodus, it's going to come on the screen. He says, I'm the Lord your God. I'm the one that brought you out of all your baggage out of the house of bondage, you shall have no other gods before me. Don't you put anything before me. I come first. I don't come fifth. I don't come third. I'm not second in your world. I'm first. I'm the number one. I'm the priority. I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. I brought you out of all this. I saved you from condemnation. I took away the guilt and the shame. I saved you from yourself. You would have been dead by now if I had not come in. But by the grace of God, you are where you are and you are who you are. Don't you put anything in front of me. I'm number one. Matthew chapter 22, what did he say? Let's go to the New Testament. And this is Jesus speaking and he's quoting the Old Testament, but he's still ringing it true when Jesus came to this earth. And watch what he says in the New Testament. He says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind. And the second commandment is just as good. Love your neighbor as yourself. But put the first verse up. Put the, put the first one up. I love the first one. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with just a little bit of your week, okay? Just, I'm just asking for an hour and a half. If you could just please appease me and come to a building. I know it's only an hour and a half. That would be awesome. If, if you could please, I don't know. I know you're busy. If you could just stop by maybe acknowledge me, send a tweet out. I would just love that. It's not God. 
not, 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 not remote, not even close, not even, that's not his nature, that's not his heartbeat, that's not his character. God comes out and he says, you gotta understand something. I have desired relationship with you so much. I have desired to talk with you and commune with you and to be intimate with you so much that I will tell you, love me above everything else. With all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, you gotta love me. Don't put anything in front of me. I am the Lord your God. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but there's some people that put God 10th on your list and God's saying, bring me up to number one. I want to talk to you. I want to commune with you. I want to talk to you tomorrow morning. I want to talk to you tomorrow night. I want to laugh with you and dance with you. I got things to, to reveal to you. I got a relationship. This is not a religion. This is always a relationship. It's always been about me. It's always been about you. It's always been about us. Come on, church. Is there anybody here on a Sunday morning that's going to give up and give in to God.